0: Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll see what Wilbon's NFL mock draft looks like, and we'll talk some NFL with Jason and Fora, and hopefully with Copper as well. That's the dog. Wilbon did draft, didn't know his draft, didn't know anything. But first, commerce. This episode is brought to you by
1: Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: Mike feels the same way, I'm sure. He's out in, in LA. Um, sent me a text, by the way, overnight that he was at the Polo Lounge last night talking with John Travolta. How about that? John Travolta. He uh, said um, Travolta had no idea who I was. Didn't have that in my <laughs>
2: mad libs for
0: Wolfon's no. evening oh, yeah. activities. No. Travolta. Hey, hey, hey. The Tony Kornizer Show is on now. All righty then. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a strict open today. I, I wrote down a bunch of things from a bunch of games. Um, I, I, I was watching the Red Zone, and I don't, I don't want... If someone tells Scott Hansen I've said this, I, please don't take it the wrong way. I'm making this direct plea to Scott Hansen. Don't take this the wrong way. The sorry sandwich. I was, I was watching the Red Zone, <laughs> and, and at some point, I don't know, some point in the afternoon... CBS, because they were on a CBS game, CBS came across with breaking news, urgent news, breaking news, and ran a crawl in white or black letters on a red background. I mean, it was a big deal. But the crawl that was on the red zone at that time was a crawl of fantasy football achievements to that point oh, in stats, the day. yeah, for the day. Which everybody wants to do. So given the state of the world right now, I was sort of panicked and wondered, what is this? Because they ran it, you know, they kept running it and it made me very, very nervous. Well, Scott Hansen, to his credit, said, you know, I understand that there's breaking news and you can't see it, you know, so let me tell you what it was. And he talked about the fact that Rosalind Carter had passed away at 96 years old. Now, Okay, that eases your mind if you're afraid that there's a giant conflagration somewhere in the world. On the other hand, it makes you feel sad. But what I wanted to point out is that he said Rosalind Carter, not Rosalind Carter. Her name is Rosalind Carter. That's how it's pronounced. He said Rosalind. And it occurred to me that he's probably in his 40s. He's probably no older than his 40s, Scott Hansen. Can you look him up? I'll look that up right now. Jimmy Carter was president. Between 1976 and 1980. So his last day as president was at least 43 years ago. And while he did not fade from sight and while he devoted much of his life to uh, literally projects for humanity. Yeah, building houses. And his yeah. wife was with him throughout all of this. And their, their relationship was truly a partnership. Scott, Scott Hansen, 52. Okay. But even so, it is possible that Scott Hansen is unfamiliar with the pronunciation of her name at his age. Because for the last 30 years, Rosalind Carter is not in the news, right? 30 to 35 years. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And it also occurred to me that there's whoever is producing and getting in his ear is younger than him. Yes. That's my guess. And they say, you got to know this, Rosalind Carter passed away. and, And he says rosalind carter you know he says Ros, they say rosalind carter because that's how it's spelled and you know and so that was like that was one of those things where i felt old Where oh, i felt old um she was 96 jimmy carter is still alive he has been in hospice for months yeah for months he has said do not treat me any further i'm okay if i go i go i'm okay he's 99 he's 99 years old he was president the last and again the last day was 1980 right ronald reagan That's right. beat him in the election and that was then he was inaugurated i guess in 1981 so it's a long time ago it's 42 years ago so he was president 45 46 years ago you know when he was in his early 50s And he was, everybody knew he was going to win because that came out of Watergate. That's right. Against against
1: Ford, right? Yes. 76, yeah.
0: Um, So this is not a political thing, but it just occurred to me that there are names that are out there that, you know, that you're not going to be familiar with if you're of a certain age. I'm familiar with everything. I'm familiar with Al Jolson, for God's (laughs) sakes, who nobody's heard of, but- but I under I I compl- you know I sort of sat there and said that's so interesting. What are the reasons this would happen? And that seemed to me right. That seemed to me. Yeah. Would you
2: have known to pronounce it Rosalind? I think based on the spelling, I would have gone to Rosalind. But sometimes, and you know this more than anyone, if you if you are on live TV and you have that mic in front of you, you go to what's familiar. So even if you have heard the name in the professional or the the official capacity of Rosalind, you might still say something that's more familiar to you.
0: And I'm certain that a producer got. But this given
2: year. your fears, I'm now ever, since everyone's trying to do a version of. Of that wraparound, you know, red zone coverage. Oh, you know, their biggest issue for many years was just, okay, how are we going to try not to step on showing commercials and make sure we always are having live football? But now when you think about what could be on that scroll and what's going on in the larger world, oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they put one more person in that booth just to sort of be that floating eye over everything Yeah, a traffic happening. cop. Yeah. Traffic, yeah. traffic cop to
0: find out what's going on. I mean, but I'm sure that there are, you know, for example, if you looked, okay, you're... 40 years from now, there's a story, and you see on your copy that you have to read, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-U-R-R-Y. You're not going to know it's Steph Curry. Right. You're going to say Stephen Curry if you've never, if it's, you know, yeah. that's what you're going to say. You're going to look at it. It's not going to occur to you that it's Stephen Curry. There are other things like
1: that. Yes. I mean, there's obviously the famous, and this is not related to time, it's just idiocy, but the chai Chai Rodriguez. (laughs) Oh, I understand that. How would you know Chichi Rodriguez? How would you know?
0: I mean, so, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Um, This is how sports works. C.J. Stroud and Jared Goff both had three interceptions lately. Stinks. Three interceptions yesterday, and they both won. Sam Howell had three and didn't mm. get a sniff of it. Did not. You know, because two guys are playing on better teams, oh. and one guy's playing on... They are terrible. <laughs> really the Washington awful. football team, they are terrible. It's They've a, lost twice to the Giants. Can, the Giants The Giants Tommy, are 1-8 against the rest of the NFL. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Do you know? Tommy DeVito, who Jackson, out of should be in the, in
2: the four seasons. <laughs>
0: uh, it, it's, come on you Just now. want
2: glimpses of that <laughs> necklace. Tommy DeVito.
0: Um... You know he stays. He lives at home. <clears throat> yeah, his mom made him breakfast yesterday. <laughs> it's a great story. It's the a commute great alone, st- leggo it's, my ego. Come on, it's,
2: it's wonderful. But and on the other side, they're setting a record so as bad. to how many sacks they're getting in the first quarter. Oh, it's just-
0: they sacked Tommy DeVito nine times and couldn't win the game. How do you lose that? And they are uh, you, you know do they're down. They were down too. early.
2: Then you keep saying, "Oh, they're about to. They're about to take the lead." Here, take the ball. What yeah. do we want with it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, on Friday. On Thursday, rather, one of the things I remember saying on the PTI show, I was talking about why I believed this was the Thursday show, why I believed this was an elimination game for Cincinnati. Cincinnati at Baltimore. Turns out I was right. (laughs) I believe I had that. I didn't have the injury to Joe Burrow, but now that I've got it, I had that whole thing. And it's the injury
2: relative to where they are with their schedule.
0: And I said, bet the under, kids. This is my only advice. Bet the under. Did you see the final on that one? No. On Cleveland, Pittsburgh? Because I oh, said Cleveland 9? won't score and <laughs> Pittsburgh can't score. Yeah. It was 13 10. Okay, yeah. I'm sure the under was over 35. Yeah. You know, or at least over 30. 13 10. was of a numbers, lot. did
2: you like when the Commanders game was 21 uh, 12? Just good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's because it's, it's. Yeah. What is that? A palindrome?
2: Palindrome. That's sure. a palindrome. Numerical palindrome.
0: Yeah. Seattle lost yesterday. Because when Geno Smith went out, they put in this guy, Drew Locke. He couldn't complete a pass. Mm-hmm. He went three and out three or four times. And, you know, and the other team wins the game. Oh, because they, they, they possess the ball. It's the Rams. They possess the ball. And they have Matthew Stafford. And on muscle memory alone, they can get close enough to score. And that's why Seattle lost. There's bad quarterbacking out there. Terrible quarterbacking. You know what else stinks? The San Diego Chargers, they stink. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to fire that coach. Yep. That's a place where Bill Belichick could say, oh, that's a pretty good quarterback there. (laughs) And it's a nice place to live. That's a pretty good quarterback there. You know, There there are just teams that cannot score Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Jets, Giants, Washington, Atlanta. They don't score. They don't score any points. And you know who can't play? And he can't play. And I, you know, and I watched people on ESPN. After the first week after Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, said, oh, he's going to be fine. They have confidence in him now. Aaron Rodgers is going to help him. Zach Wilson is going to be fine. And I said on television, he can't play. But other people who played in the league said he was going to be fine. So uh, (laughs) what does this dope know? Well, you know what? He can't play. Not at all. Zach Wilson. He's not an NFL quarterback. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I don't have anything else do you have anything you want to say i played golf three days in a row got worse each day i shot 110 yesterday i shot 110
2: that's gonna be like the last day you can play because yeah, I well, you, you say this every week the graph of your enjoyment versus your score i would be it. interesting it i played, to track.
0: played with arthur mason and with mike quinn and had a wonderful time we played in three hours and 10 minutes it was wonderful that's great We were the first out it's great <laughs> surprised
2: they play with you slow
0: them down yeah, and I was in a cart, and I'm slower than them because you got to park the cart, you got to walk, you know all this stuff. <laughs> you know, it was really wonderful. You got anything?
2: What What do you think of the news when when I texted you about Azinger being out at NBC? I oh, was sure. I was surprised. I I mean, I didn't. Well, I'm not.
0: I don't hear these things one way or another. Um, but I had he took over for Johnny Miller. Yes, and I had no indication that he was not exactly what they wanted him to be i have no indication of that
2: so and they have not said who's going to replace yeah, him. yeah my, my only read on this so far is i want to think about someone the, younger the I Ryder guess. cup and if he was too critical of the american he was a captain. yes and he right. was sort of the last successful american captain yeah yes. Uh, but you know he's always worn his heart in his sleeve he's been very critical yes he talks about the process i struggled with some of his early this is many years ago when he was still doing it was before fox so i think when he's doing the the Um, the ABC ESPN coverage, he was always aware of where a position was relative to what they would earn for the week. And this is before a lot of people talked about it. You know, it was just sort of trying to climb up the leaderboard for place. And he was always aware of this is a $40,000 putt. Uh, But yeah, it definitely seems like they want to go younger. And I don't know. I don't know who watches golf other than us. So I don't know if, if, if maybe you have to move away from that, you know, older champion who has won a major and who seems to be seasoned. Well, um,
0: CBS moved away from Nick Faldo, who I liked a lot. I thought Nick Faldo was quite good. Who's still working. And still working. This guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's still working. And they went to Trevor Immelman, who had won a major, but nobody really remembers that he won a major. And he's fine. His voice is a little high, but we all have odd voices, you know, that are on radio or television. Never listen
2: to your voice on tape. Yeah. Because it really
0: sounds, sounds dreadful. It's bad. Um, So and Trevor Hillman seems to be fine. What I've noticed, though, on the CBS coverage is they bring in more voices than they used to. They allow more people to have critiques than they used to. It used to be you go to Faldo and that's it. CBS has more voices than they used to have, right? Yeah,
2: it seems like all the coverages are going more towards bringing in the analytics. You know what, what you might expect to see relative to the, what the hole's asking, where you are within the round, and some of those. You know whether it was Faldo or is or would rely on experience. If I was in this position, here's what I would want to see. That's right. So they, they
0: are they're the old fashioned baseball scout. And they don't want the numbers. <laughs> right. They want to or see it. don't want to do the homework. Right. Well, whatever. So, yeah, but I don't know who they'll replace him with. I guess that's a coveted job. Because sure. NBC and CBS really have the golf Oh, yeah. Coverage. They,
2: I mean, they are very tied to the coverage. This is a very pivotal time in the men's game. And if you get the job... they'll hire Brando Chamblee? It seems like that would be... A gutsy choice, but he's yeah. also been—he's taken a lot of pushback for how vocal he has been in some of the other outlets. So because he is vocal, yes, but <laughs> I'm know, not sure. I'm not sure that translates. I sort of like him to the mainstay chair. Do you versus, like him? I like him. I love him for the for the weekly coverage of majors. I think sometimes he enjoys the storytelling a bit too much. I like him on that live from. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah. That's I, the show I, I'm talking I about.
0: do. I mean, Wilbon and hates does, him. He does his <laughs> homework. Wilbon hates him because he took on Tiger early on, right? You know. I,
2: Get 50% off your first box at the farmersdog.com/slash podcast. That's the farmersdog.com slash podcast.
0: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Kevin McDonald in Vienna, Virginia, who calls himself the unofficial retired antitrust litigator of the Tony Kornheiser Show. <laughs> and he's singing a song called Diddy for Shannon. He says, one thing I heard you say was that you liked the word Diddy, and one of the songs is called Diddy for Shannon. It's an ode to several Shannons, but especially for my terrific cousin Shannon White of Westport, Massachusetts. The second inspiration, this is a another song, um, was your decision to have the wonderful Jean McManus return as an occasional guest this past summer. Listening to her took me back to a day. I'll, I'll tell this story later, but he talks about Jeannie in, in a way that's really, really nice, and we'll get to that on the second song, which is Pull Me Up, but this is called diddy for shannon it plays in michael wilbon and it doesn't matter what happened yesterday and it doesn't matter what happened in sports none of this matters relative to michael wilbon in the polo lounge in los angeles (laughs) california (laughs) tell hanging out with john travolta what happened well
3: hanging out is a little much tone
0: Uh, i was at the polo lounge for um
3: went on to a birthday dinner with Two of my best friends uh, who are in LA.
0: Because your birthday, uh, Wilbon's birthday, was yesterday.
3: It was yesterday, yeah. yeah and so we we're having a birthday dinner with somebody who my a birthday twin, uh, my dear friend Tanja Alano and 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 Cosette. You know, we're, we're we're having a dinner in in LA, and we they want to go to the Polo Lounge. I said, fine, that's fine with me. I like the Polo Lounge. I hadn't been since well before the pandemic, and uh, you, you know we're sitting there, and at the next table. A group is seated. I think there are four people, and I don't notice the guy at first, but I notice him about five minutes later because I'm lo- I can I can see him without staring. Right, and I'm like, wow, that, that's that's so, sort of funny. That guy looks a lot like John Travolta. And um, there's a reason. And yeah, then three <laughs> minutes later, I'm looking at him again. And I'm like, Jesus, that that guy looks like Travolta, but he's too young. That th- this guy looks like he's forty-five years old, and really? I know. I know from my life that John Travolta is five years older than me. I know that. I don't have to look that up. I don't have to Google it. I know that. And I keep looking, and I'm like, wow. And I say to the both of them, and they are you know, younger than me, I go, you guys don't even care or you won't know this, but this John Travolta. And I'm like, we know John Travolta, idiot. We're not that young or unaware, John Travolta. So I'm like, well, take a look. If you get a chance, don't stare. But I think that's John Travolta. So then you hear the voice, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's John Travolta. So and I don't geek out like this. I just don't. And so then the person that I'm looking at stands up to go to the restroom and walks right past me and looks down and says, I'm sitting. He says, how you doing? And I go, oh, my God. It's John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta. So at the end of the night, we we're both, our tables are leaving at the same time. And, um, you know, he stopped and said hello. And I, I said to him, you know, look, I said, I don't want to stop you, but i but been a huge fan of so much of your work forever. And I said, the commercial, your new commercial. I oh, when he's got the Santa time. Claus hair. Oh, yeah. 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 I said, I just saw that commercial. I saw it in the hotel earlier in the day. And I said, I just saw the commercial. And he said, all right, he said, that, that's very nice of you to say it. He said, can I ask you something? Tell me what you like about it or why it resonated with you, I think is what he said. And I said, because we're, we're about the same age and your work and that movie and all of that define my life. Culturally, I'm, that's me. And he just started laughing. He said, that's great to hear. I, I had fun doing it, and I'm glad to hear you like it. You don't know what's going to... It was just a moment. That was it. That was it. It was great. John Travolta.
0: Okay, you know that he wears wigs all the time.
3: There's no hair. He, there's yeah, he,
0: he doesn't he had, have any hair.
3: So He had as much hair as me.
4: Yeah, he, okay. He, right. It
3: was, he had a shadow, and he had a shadow beard, the greatest-looking shadow beard. And um, he really just looked great. He looked great.
0: He's pretty tall, right?
3: No, no, he's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was sitting.
0: Oh. I'm gonna
3: say, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm
0: gonna say he's my height. Right. I mean, he's not five seven. I mean, he's like no, 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 six no, no, one, no, six no, two. Like I so think so many
3: actors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm thinking, you know, so I'm trying to explain
0: to Matthew who John Travolta is oh, last yeah.
3: night. But you know, you start with where do you, you start
0: with Vinnie Barbarino? Sure. You start with, you start back, with Welcome Mr. Back, Kotter, Mr. Kotter.
3: Yeah. And I, I, I I'm like, yeah. dude, this guy. I said, of the of the people I've met in my life who have fame, I mean, you know, John Travolta. Is he's near? Now I've met Barbara Streisand too. I don't know who would be more famous between those two.
0: Oh, I think Streisand, but Travolta's dancing in Saturday Night Fever yeah. is yeah, is man, iconic. It's iconic, right. and Travolta then and then he dances again in the Tarantino movie, the Pulp Fiction. Yes, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, I, it, and yeah. he dances in this commercial. Yeah,
3: it's, Travolta. Travolta is up way at the top of the list of the most enduring famous people I've ever met. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. that. And if somebody's going to say to me, "You're an idiot." I, I you know, people, no, you know, he's been famous know.
0: for close to fifty years. Yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah. has.
3: You're not close. I mean, welcome back, Connor Had to be on television in 1972 or three. I would think so. Kitty Barberino, so. baby. I mean, come on. That's yeah. wow. Anyway, it was a wow. It was it was, that's it was great. Very cool.
0: That's very really cool. nice. I'm glad yeah. about that. So he didn't ask uh, uh where was Tony today and why was Frank <laughs> on the show? <laughs> there D- was
3: there was <laughs> no hint of any recognition, not
0: zero. You know, none. he's also a pilot. Yes, he is. He's famously a pilot. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, he's yeah. Yeah. You know. He and Arnold Palmer seemed like the most famous, unlike
0: Pilots. Pilots. Uh, Welcome back, Carter Aired from 1975 to 1979. 75. Okay, okay that so that's no almost problem. 50 years. Yeah. Almost 50 years. It's almost wow. 50 years. All right, I have, I have very little, you know, I, I, I could talk about, you knew the Bears were going to lose. I did yep. not know the Bears were going to yep. lose. Yes. Um, I watched when that Justin game. The
3: Fields did a dance on the sideline after a first down run that you think they're up 12 and they have the ball. You would think they're going to win. No, no. The dance sealed it. The dance, dancing on the field in Detroit during a game that you haven't won. That sealed it for me. And I was okay with it. Because what I wanted to see was Justin Fields played great, and he did. And I wanted to see, I didn't mind losing because, you know, we got, we got these draft pick
0: situations. Well, so this, is what I, this is what I want to ask you. I believe, I'm away from this, you are involved in this. I believe that Justin Fields is basically playing for his job every single week. He is. Because I think if I own the Chicago Bears, I'd want to draft a quarterback with the ones coming out this year. I'd want to. So, is he passing the test in your mind?
3: He's had three of his last four games have been terrific. Okay. There was the Washington game. The Denver game in which he completed a franchise record sixteen of sixteen to start the game, and was something like twenty five out of twenty six in that game before he had he threw a pick late. Um, but but I, I, this is three games and he was hurt, missed three games. So I look, he's playing for his job, Tony. It doesn't matter who you draft or what you want to draft; that you can't coach him. That's right. It doesn't matter. That's right. You, you, can, you can get Caleb Williams or Bo Nix or Michael Penix if you, if you can't coach and this staff cannot coach, okay, they cannot coach. They're bad coaches.
0: But they're going away. They're going they need away. to go. They need to go away. Yeah, they're going to go away. I, I, there's no reason to believe they're not going to go away. Let me ask you something else because it's, it, it's actually fascinating to me. You hired the intern at Northwestern. You the looked entry. at the job he did, and you hired him. David Braun, yes. How much thought was there that, that goes like this? Yeah, I know he did the job, but God, we could go out and get somebody famous, somebody bigger. Not,
3: we weren't going to get anybody famous, we could get somebody who was a, a known quantity at head coach, right. who wanted to be there. Yes, we could have done that. And it was, of course it was considered, because when, you, when we started the process, he, he hadn't won six
0: games. That's
3: right, but each week you're paying attention. You know, I've gone to games. I've gone to practice, Tony. I've gone to practice, and I, I met Dave Braun. I was actually—I'm not trying to say this to brag. It was just sort of a coincidence. I was the first person to talk to the team after
2: we named him right. interim.
3: Right. He reminded me of that in a phone call Thursday morning, and but over the time, Tony, it was just, it became like are you kidding me so we're going to hire somebody from a school because that guy knows small private institutions and the difficulty and he has a resume and he's won some games he's a head coach and that guy's 6 and 5 oh wait we got a guy who's 6 and 5 who just navigated the a, a complete and utter crisis yes this guy did that he earned it He's 30-whatever, 30-something years old. He earned it. The kids love him. It's battlefield promotion. The kids love him. They love him. And so, and, and, you know, and he just he's impressive to talk to, which I have done. And, Tony, look, I spent 43 years talking to college football coaches, as you know, coach football coaches. And his handling of himself and his presentation and his – there's nothing formal about it. But you come away going, this guy already works for us. He doesn't have to figure out, oh, well, it's a small private school. I can't have practice whenever I want it and tell kids, oh, that chemistry lab is not important. That's not us. Okay? That's somewhere else. But he, he's already got that. And he won six. Yeah. And he can beat Illinois. On Saturday, if you, if you told me, you know the despair I was in over this whole situation yeah. at my alma mater. Yeah. If you told me any of those days in August that Northwestern could be seven and five,
0: come on. No, you, I, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad he was promoted in I'm the same way that I don't, you know, I thought Rich Pisaccia should have been promoted in the whole well, grouping thing.
3: Interesting, that yeah. was an interesting analogy that you made a couple of weeks ago and it resonated, you know. Um I don't know if anybody mentioned that specifically. But it's just cool and so we you know we named him Thursday
2: and Good. We, you know
3: and and Saturday. Uh we went out and, and to Purdue, and yeah, so uh, you know look I'm not going to say that makes all right with the world completely. You're still navigating something that was difficult and you have to own it and deal with it and and he's, it's just a wow. So I, I'm, congratulations to him. His name, once again, is David Braun. Yep. And I hope you—I hope people are getting to get to know him because I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited about um, taking that interim office.
0: One more question and get you out of here. You said on Thursday when we were talking on the air, you made the case that Harbaugh going out when he went out wasn't going to be that bad they could still certainly beat Maryland and then they could at home yeah. beat Ohio yeah. State. Now, yeah. now I'm going to come back with that same question because I looked at you right. and I said, you think you think they can beat Ohio State without Harbaugh? Yeah. Yes, I'll it give it, I'll ask the same question. Now, after the Maryland thing, you think they can beat Ohio State without Harbaugh? Yeah,
3: they can always lose. I mean, they're, they're playing Ohio State. <sighs> they're, you know, they're playing an undefeated team that's been ranked higher than them all season, whatever these last, four that's weeks right. by the E F P committee, so they could lose to Ohio State. But I also think they can beat them. And I think that Saturday was something of a trap game. You know, you're playing on the road against a team that's not terrible. They're bowl eligible. They've probably won. What did Maryland win? Six, they have six well. or seven. They're okay. They're like, you know, and, and you know, that was – I watched it, man. It was, it was narrow. Yes, it was. Um, and it would have – Wow. It would have just altered everything about this college football season had Maryland been able to to, to win that game. But do I think that Michigan will beat Ohio State on Saturday in Ann Arbor? Yes, I do. Um, Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be lopsided? No. No. But I think that they will rally and they will beat them. Um, Am I hoping for that? And so there's a certain bias? Yes, I'm hoping for that. I'm not ashamed to say that. Hoping for Michigan to win that game, um, and then I just don't think Harbaugh can continue in college football. No, he's now, there's going to be with. a lot of jobs out there. He's going. I mean, if you want to go coach? If you want to go take, coach the Chargers' quarterback, that job should be available.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree.
3: But I, I'd also, I'd also, but you know, the Chargers didn't draft and employ Jim Harbaugh. The Chicago Bears did that, and and I don't know how much. I'm not going to use the word loyalty, but I tell you what, I, I would be back-channeling. I would be saying to Jim Harbaugh or his agent or whomever, do you like Justin Fields? What, what do you think of him? If you, if you were to coach this team, would you want him? Would you want to draft Caleb Williams? Would you want to draft Bo Nix? Does, does somebody remind you of you? I mean, did Jim Harbaugh. I was in the 49ers locker room, and I happened to be standing with Jim Harbaugh. He pulled me into his office the night that, in candlestick, the night that he elevated Colin Kaepernick. He, Jim Harbaugh, had that cross, with his, that intersection with history. Because he, he looked really grim. He didn't want to tell a guy that he liked that he was going to the bench. And, and he, he, he went to, he went to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Jim Harbaugh knows something about coaching quarterbacks. And, nope, the Bears never have anybody who has any idea how to do that. And, again, he may go somewhere else. There are other jobs that are going to be available. But those people didn't draft him, employ him. He was not walking into those places. He walked into House Hall to play for Mike Ditka. So his time in Michigan, it's time for that to be over. And I hope the Bears job has appealed to him. It might not. I don't know. But I'm hoping.
0: All right. We'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Mike Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Jason Lock and will join us. It's a Monday. But Jason's moving around on Wednesday, so we're going to put him on Monday. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
3: You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: Once again, this is Kevin McDonald. This is a song called Pull Me Up, or The Ladies in the Library. And he talks about a particular show that we had. And he says, I had the rare thrill of being able to attend a live broadcast of the pod at Clyde's Restaurant on the same day that my song was played, October 30th, 2019. On the panel that day were Jeannie, Gary, Nigel, and Michael. The big story was, of course, that the Washington Nationals had won Game 6 of the World Series in Houston the night before and would play Game 7 that very night. You gave everyone a chance to share their thoughts on the final game, and some spoke of what a great season the Nats had had and how cool it was to even be in the series. When it came around to Jeannie, she dismissed all such talk with four simple words. I want to win. <laughs> I recognize that much of the credit for the Nats victory that night goes to people with names like Soto, Rendon, Turner, and Kendrick, to the Warrior Guard, Max, and perhaps most of all, to our beloved Orkin, Steven. But in my heart of hearts, I will always feel that a crucial part of the credit belongs to someone else, to your friend Nancy. That's just wonderful. <laughs> Isn't that great? Kevin McDonald is singing these songs. You can listen to them in their entirety without me babbling. Michael, if people like Kevin McDonald want to send their music in, how do they do it?
2: Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at
0: com. And um, he plays in Jason Lockenfora, and, and this is the intro I have to read. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast in the Huddle, covering the entire NFL. Are you going to sneeze for us today, or, or are you, <laughs> you good? You
4: know, I, I'm going to. Say no! Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and <laughs> okay. say that I make it through the next few minutes without um, anything. How Coming unbelievably flattering
0: that? was that to have it was that My
4: wife still can't get over it. She's like, I cannot believe. She's like, Yeah, I mean, how much time and effort went into that? Is it's amazing? So,
0: totally tremendous!
4: All right. so well done, unbelievable.
0: Let me go forward first rather, rather than look back. This is a great Monday night game. I mean, this is yeah. the one where you say this is a great game. Do you think these are the two best teams right now?
4: Uh, I don't know that. Yeah, certainly. I I mean, they're certainly right there. Uh, You could make that case and that argument. Um, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. We're here now, you know, coming up, I don't know, pushing on three quarters of the way through the regular season. And while we can talk about some regression for both these teams right philly run game um and pass defense uh chiefs uh, really passing offense, offense and, and yeah. run game really offense yeah. across the board but defense yeah. superior um we and, and everybody's got flaws but the fact that both are here both are in pretty good health um and both are very much alive for the one seed in their respective conferences. We, we, that's not always how it goes, right? That's not always the track. Um, usually, one of those Super Bowl teams ends up, you know, taking an exit off a ramp that leads somewhere far, far away from Super Bowl contention. So, yeah, I, I think they'll, you know, I think they'll both be up for this. I think it'll be a heck of a football game. Um, I, I can make the case it's low scoring. I can make the case it's high scoring. Either way. I do think it's, you know, a one-score game that will provide some tension and drama, you know, into the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I agree with it. I, I totally agree with that. It's, it's one of the ones worth watching in the way that um, Cincinnati at Baltimore was certainly worth yeah. watching on Thursday night. And I'll get to that in a second. Well, but everybody me, got hurt. Yeah, let me get to Buffalo. Why did Buffalo fire its offensive coordinator? Uh, Why do you think that question. happened? Or is Sean McDermott... Is he in trouble? Like, because I think they're going to be six and eight. I am one of the few people who looked at that game yesterday and said, "Wow, they couldn't score touchdowns for the first half; they were just kicking field goals." Um, I wasn't as impressed as I think others were. Maybe you were, but what's the story uh, there?
4: Yeah, look, it was a, it was kind of read around the league as a bit of a panic move and and one that um, didn't have to be handled that way. Um, this late in the season, you know, with a guy who has helped you go to the playoffs, you, you could have reassigned duties. You know, I touched on a little of this in my column in the yep. Washington Post yep. going into the weekend. Like, there, there's ways that elite franchises, and we've come to think of this team under the guidance of Sean McDermott and GM Brandon Bean as an elite franchise. The owner was kind of a, a gong-show clown before those guys got there, and you know, maybe some of those tendencies are still there, but but you could have, you could have put Ken Dorsey on other assignments. You could have kept him involved in your offense and quietly had somebody else call plays. You know, I don't know that you needed the full, you know, walking the plank that seemed yeah. to yeah. certainly affect their quarterback in a visceral way. So, regardless, there was going to be a recalibration in terms of some of the things they were doing offensively. They were going to run the ball um, more. Uh, And and I think it was going to be made abundantly clear to Josh Allen again that you don't have to win every third down. Sometimes winning the third down is just not forcing it into double coverage and letting our punter earn his paycheck too. And I think you did see that manifest itself. I mean, look, the Jets are a really good defense. Yes. The Jets don't give up a lot of touchdowns, and and especially early in games, you know, in the first half when they're usually in this thing, when Wilson hasn't you know thrown the crushing pick yet. Or miss somebody wide open on third down. Like while it's a game, they're 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 up for it. But if you keep running on them, if there's volume in the run game, and and their run defense is um, far and away the most suspect unit of that defense, they will eventually wilt a little bit. They'll they'll bow. Um, and and we've seen you know we've seen it with the Bills, we've seen it with the Raiders, we've seen it with a bunch of teams against them this season. So I, I mean, I don't think McDermott is going to be um, let go at the end of the year i I do think though he's going to be told you 're not running everything you need to find, you know you need to find a, a defensive coordinator who you know ownership signs off on um, and then do you know joe brady's got a chance to keep this thing i 'm kind of interested in that like do do they do they stick with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator? Um, based off what he does in this sort of, you know, interim. Yeah. Uh, their schedule's really tough. It I, is.
0: The next I, three are really hard.
4: I, I do think they'll probably win a game, you know, maybe two that they're not favored in, which, remember, for like three straight years or something like that, they were the gambling favorite, like, over two years. So that was ridiculous. Um, but, yes, yeah, something is definitely a little a little off there, and I think you can kind of start tracing it back to, why Leslie Frazier isn't back there in the first place. You know, there's, there's, there's um, been a bit of an unraveling.
0: Okay, let me move to a, a, an incredibly successful team. And I say incredibly because I, I, not in 100 years. Houston, not in 100 years would I have yeah. thought this. What's going on there?
4: Well, look, Vico Ryans, obviously um, players gravitate to him. He relates to them. He played the game at a really high level himself. Um, the resume he brought with him from San Francisco, what he did defensively there, um, it, it's, it's hard to poke a lot of holes in that. He brought a lot of the same philosophies. A lot of what Kyle Shanahan's doing with Brock Purdy, that, that's very similar to the approach that they're taking with CJ Stroud there in, in Houston, especially through, you know, the first half of the season. It, it's a lot of the same concepts, it's a lot of the same philosophies. Um, they quietly were pretty good pass defense last year. You know, Opposer passer rating wasn't terrible. Um, they didn't give up passing touchdowns. They just they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't do it last year when they weren't a very good team. And they they don't give up a whole lot of that this year either. What I like about them recently is that they're you know everybody lives in shotgun these days. They're getting under center. They're running the ball with a little bit of an old school intent. And when the quarterback is actually under center, you can sell play action with even more vigor. It, it just has a different effect on linebackers and safeties um, than it does when you're doing that stuff in the pistol or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, look, it's a really good offensive line. You know, it's a great rookie class. Um and, and there are going to be games where this young man throws interceptions like that. That's well, he had been two yesterday. For, had yeah. two,
0: to three. Rather. Yeah, three, three yeah.
4: yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Two, three. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's going to happen. And, you know, everybody freaked out when he threw one at Cincinnati uh, the week before. But it's his ability to sort of slough that off and, and continue to make plays. And they should have scored way more than 21 yesterday. Um, but, like, this game they have against Jacksonville this weekend is going to be pretty interesting. And... I think Houston's defense has come a long way and again if if they the way they've run the ball the last few weeks has really been different and special and and if they're able to cuz a lot of what Stroud was doing the first 2 months of the season it, they they weren't they couldn't really run the ball like there there really wasn't that element it was it was kind of like eventually if you throw the ball this much with a young quarterback it's going to hit the wall one way or the other. And and now they're playing much better complementary football. So uh, they're a really interesting team. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if they beat Jacksonville, like you're talking about a team that is going to have an inside shot at winning a division.
0: They look like a playoff team. Cincinnati no longer yes, does do. because Burrow is no. out. And, you know, it, you look at Pittsburgh and you just say, well, how – Pittsburgh and even Cleveland. I understand yes. Cleveland's got yes. a great defense, but they don't score. They're not going to score. They're looking no. at Joe Flacco now, no. right?
4: Yeah. I mean, look, the the Browns keep winning games, and yes. they hadn't done that in forever. So I'm not going to sit here and belittle that. And Kevin Stefanski has kept them together this season through a lot of bumps and um, a lot of chances where that defense might have said enough's enough. You know, we're not. You know, why do we keep playing without a real NFL caliber? starting quarterback and you know there's all this drama with Deshaun Watson and how severe is the injury or isn't it? So I give him a lot of credit for that. But do do I think this we're gonna, you know, go back to two thousand and this defense is gonna like pull a Trent dilfer like no. quarterback no. over the over the you know, no. over the end line, Tony? No. 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 I don't think they're even gonna get close to be honest with I
0: you. I agree with all that. Thank you, Jason, as always. Enjoy your hey, holiday.
4: You guys do the same. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank
2: Jason
0: you. Jason LaCanfora, boys and girls. Lovely to have. And let me read this. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I forgot to tell him to plug his radio show. He does so much. He does. He's got too many jobs. (laughs) He can't keep up with his jobs. He does have a lot going on. We'll take a break and we will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network
3: Tony, here comes Tony, here comes Tony. Tony's mailbag back. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony, here comes Tony,
5: here comes Mr. Tony's mail back. Gonna read some for all of you. For
0: It's a singularly talented Annie Kress. It's beautiful. It really is. Love listening to that. Why don't you do the Bethesda bagel there?
1: Got the bagel sandwiches today. Always happy when that happens. Uh, Bethesda bagels, just uh, go to go to BethesdaBagels.com for the yeah. location in the D.C. area issue. if I can remember what I'm
0: supposed to say. Uh, and then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, call me Mr. Pitiful. Baby, that's my name now. Call me Mr. Fit- Pitiful. That's how I got my fame. But people don't. Just don't understand now what makes a man feel so blue. They call me Mr. Pitiful because I lost someone just like you. If you've ever seen the movie Dirty Dancing, which I've seen, I don't know, 300 times, (laughs) that is an Otis Redding song that they play when they start Dirty Dancing. Not the movie, when they start the actual dancing. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Jason LaConfora. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey if you get the show through Apple Please leave us a review. So here we go. Patrick Sitter, our friend in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I prefer mint flavored toothpaste. I guess that's why my wife only brings home cinnamon. flavored <laughs> From Bob Boxwell, Lusby, Maryland, Armor Baking Soda. No, not the toothpaste straight out of the box. Mm, old school. From Chris in Apex, North Carolina. I've been through Apex. So is the new game, is this the new game, Mr. Tony's Essentials? Can you have Michael create a wish list on Amazon so that all of us littles can divvy up the list so that Mr. Tony doesn't get 5,000 tubes of Crest? I'm guessing the list will look like this. Crest Tartar Control Paste, Cottage Cheese, Small Curd, no, Large Curd. Large Curd, curds, 4%. 4%. Percent. Coffee ice cream yeah. made with milk from cows and none of that oat garbage. Two bottles of wine from Bell's Up, two bottles of wine from Malamed Valley, one bottle Johnny Walker Blue. What about Carol or Chessie? Hallmark holidays, DVDs, chewable frisbees, whatever the game is called, I'm in. From Doug in Sterling, what's your favorite deodorant? I want to get a head start on next week's <laughs> toiletry scavenger hunt. It's arid, arid stick, and they don't even make it anymore.
2: No one gets arid anymore. From,
0: you know, I love it. From Steve the Sycophant, you mentioned of In the Year 2525 <laughs> really? by Zager and Evans, an all-time horrible hit. Uh, brought back an ancient semi-repressed memory. I'm a native of Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'd heard Zager and Evans, fellow Nebraskans, playing in small clubs around Lincoln before I headed out for my first tour in Vietnam. In 1969, I was back, living large, driving around Washington, D.C. in my fully loaded Ford Mustang, purchase price $3,300. One day in July, the Mustang's radio started blasting out "In the Year 2525." I first thought I was somehow getting an FM station in Lincoln. When the DJ said this was a new number one hit, I nearly drove off the road. That song was a hit. Trivia was recorded in a small studio in a cow pasture outside of Odessa, Texas. Zager and Evans remain the only group to have a number one hit here and the UK without having any success afterwards. And while Mr. Evans has passed, Mr. Zager is still with us and has a guitar store in Lincoln. Remember, Satch, in the year 7510, if God's <laughs> a coming, he ought to make it by then. True, true poetry.
1: Ah. By the way, are you familiar with the song called Life is a Rock, But the Radio Rolled Me?
0: Yeah yeah
1: it's terrible it's a, this is going to be on the list right oh, yeah
0: it's, terrible, song. <laughs> it's terrible bill matfield fort mill <laughs> south carolina i have three words my little ding i love chuck berry can't get enough of him he's in the george washington position on my mount rushmore yes. guitar players the others being jimmy eric and eddie but what was that yeah my ding is the, one of the worst songs ever made it it's is it dreadful. is to chuck berry's career what michelle is <laughs> to, to the, the beatles. beatles career and yet michelle is a better song than my ding which is terrible Steve Kearns, Williamsburg, Virginia, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Thanks for the earworm. P.S. Please tell Zeb Mella to eat it. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves actually came into my head about a week ago. It's a Sunny and it's Cher, a Cher song. That's right. Yes. And Cher does the whole song. But I think Sonny may have written the song. You know, um, and it's it's just, it is it is terrible. But <laughs> but to be fair, there is nothing that Cher has ever sung that isn't catchy. Yes. It's, it's all catchy. I mean, Cher really knows how to do it.
1: She's got one she of the great voices it. of all time, yes.
0: Andy Fleming from Atlanta. Following your Wednesday recitation of the opening lyrics of This Old Heart of Mine by the Osley Brothers, you said this is one of the top 10 songs of all time. I couldn't agree more and wondered if you might share a few others on your list. I don't think I'm alone among the littles who would really like to hear this. If I, I can't because I have 100.
1: Right, yeah. I just can't. Yeah.
0: And Don't worry, baby. All right, that's enough. <laughs> P.S. The whole song is indescribably great, but the line in This Old Heart of Mine that goes, but if you leave me 100 times, 100 times, I'll take you back. It's got to be one of the greatest lines ever. It is. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. From John L. Conroy Jr., Esquire, attorney at law, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. How about that? Who was a member of the Royal Teens? Bob Gaudio, who you may remember with a group known as the Four Seasons. Uh, did The song is short shorts. Did Phil Spector write that song? I'll have to look that did up. Did he write Let that me look song? look real quick. I've always sort of thought that. Jim in Lutherville, Maryland, on Friday's podcast... Whilst you read emails, you spoke of the coming Thanksgiving week podcast schedules and said, we're not going to get a lot of emails. Here's one. Yeah, well, that's I appreciate that. From Matthew Natison, St. Paul, Minnesota. Recently, I started listening to the Expanse book series on Audible. The story and writing are absolutely fantastic. I'm completely hooked. Because of this, I'm about 15 pods behind. This is the first time in 22 years that I've fallen behind in my listening. I realize I feel guilty about it. I wonder what that means. Anyway, I thought... You should know. What do you think that means, that he feels guilty?
1: It means he's a he loyal wants, listener, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we you know, if you find things that you like, there's not really enough time in the day.
1: That's very true. There's really not. It's tough. Because there's
0: so many things out there.
1: Uh, by the way, the song not written by, not um, written by Phil Tom Austin, Bill Crandall, Bill Dalton, and Bob Gaudio, I guess the, Bob the members. Bob
0: Gaudio was a member of the Four Seasons yeah. and then produced a lot of the Four Seasons music. Yeah, that, those he's were all the genius. members of the Royal Bob Teens. Bob Gaudio is sort of a genius.
1: I think you Minnesota have to put them in that category, yes.
0: From Dave. We're going to get so much toothpaste. Dave Baker, Warren, Ohio. I hope you have a good place to store all of the toothpaste you're about to receive. Maybe the Little House. Those raccoons will have the whitest teeth in the neighborhood. Um, Rob, Rob Ventura. The new toothpaste cap has one big advantage. If you store the toothpaste on the cap, which everybody does, and let gravity do the work for you, there is no need to roll the tube up tight like a ruggler. Gravity will pull the pace down towards the opening and boom, you're set to go. Gravity is undefeated. 50 years old, no cavities, bar soap, and exclusively speed stick regular. Rob from Richmond. Gotta like that. Um, Joe Cutlass in Omaha, who writes, attended the University of Nebraska basketball game, and this is the other night, at Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln. Watch the Huskers take down hated Stony Brook, 84-63. 80, yes. Eat Sea Seawolves. And and there's a, wow, there's a picture attached yeah. in which he writes, and he holds this sign. Joe holds this sign. Stony Brook skips the tartar control. Oh,
1: yeah, it's a bigger version of it in the back, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, it says, you know, I wait, 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 60 Nebraska? No, it says, go Harper, go Binghamton, oh, wait, go Nebraska. He's a Nebraska guy that's completely understandable. <laughs> yes. Brian Patterson. Listening to you rant about not being able to get all the toothpaste out of the tube made me remember my childhood when our family bathroom always had one of these, a the picture attached. That's the key. The key. That rolls. You know, you I ever, can roll it up myself. Did you, you never use get, that? No, I never use the key. I remember that Because I'm not well. talented enough to do that. The toothpaste key slides onto the bottom of the toothpaste tube, and you try to roll to squeeze every last bit of paste out onto the toothbrush where it belongs. You know what this won't work for? Toothpaste that is not in a tube as it should be tube toothpaste cap. That's it. That's the list. (laughs) And on that note, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, everybody, do wear white.
2: I I don't understand what the problem is. The problem is I'm singing still crazy after all these years in a turkey outfit.
0: (laughs) Paul Simon.
5: Shannon, you're a lovely place of emerald green and blue I've never really been there, but I've heard a lot of you I'd like to take the trip sometime and glide down through your sky Then have myself a walkabout, have myself a pint hoisted high Shannon, you're a child of four near San Francisco's Bay. Your parents watch as you grow tall and stronger every day. I haven't yet to warn you of the earthquake and the flood. But Shannon knows what life is like. I think it's someplace deep in the blood. I know we've always been so far apart But it hasn't seemed to matter much I've kept you in my heart When I need it most your smile is gently on my mind You may be the finest friend that I will ever find Shannon, you're a baby girl in Maryland for now. Your mother loves you desperately, your father's more than proud. I wish you only happiness, and if you choose it, fame. And I will smile a little bit each time I hear them mention your name. I know we've always been so far apart But it hasn't seemed to matter much I've kept you in my heart When I need it most your smile is gently on my mind You may be the finest friend that I will ever find Yes, you may be the finest friend that I will ever find. I was reading in a corner when the gentle lady came and she said, we will be closing for a while. But you can stay till we reopen. And she left me with a smile. I could feel the road before me start to change me up, pull me up, take my hand so I can take my broken world in stride. Pull me up, pull me up, pull me up till I can see the other side. It was better than a candy store or roller coaster ride. Just a building full of books and they were mine. I had nothing but those words and dreams to pass the lonely time and two ladies who were somehow on my side. Take my hand, so I can take my broken world in stride. Pull me up, pull me up, pull me up till I can see.